In fact, I'd just like to welcome you here tonight to Light of the World Church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here for the first time? Anybody? Praise the Lord. You're very welcome. May God bless you. Hallelujah. May God bless you and may you continue to be blessed. And we're so blessed that you're here. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you for your amazing love and grace for us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, your anointing, Father. Thank you, Father, for transforming our lives from glory to glory, day by day. God, you never, you never sleep nor slumber. You always are willing to change us. You're always willing to speak to us. You're always willing to bless us. You're always willing to do something in our lives. But the question is, are we willing? So, Lord, we come tonight willing to hear from you, willing to be touched and changed and transformed by your grace. For your grace is enough. Your grace is sufficient. So thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Holy Spirit, take control. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, take the word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So tonight I want to continue with a message that I started last week. Last week I started on a message about the difference between righteousness and holiness. It's getting very warm in here. Righteousness and holiness. You know, holiness and righteousness are completely different. Completely and utterly. They couldn't be any different from one to the other. But yet, over the years, righteousness and holiness has got mixed up through wrong teaching Holiness has become abusive. Holiness has become religious, legalistic. Holiness has been used in a, in a wrong way. But holiness has got nothing to do with our righteousness. Holiness has got nothing to do with you and I being accepted by God. Our righteousness makes us accepted to God through Jesus Christ. And I've, I've come to realize that Really, we cannot go on to holiness until we first know who we are in Christ. Until we first understand and fully know the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus before we can actually move on to holiness. Because if we try to be holy without being righteous, then it becomes legalistically and it becomes religious. Amen? So holiness, before we move on to holiness, I want to continue with righteousness first. We've got all the time in the world. Hallelujah. We've got plenty of weeks. So I want to really keep going on righteousness because the more I get into righteousness, the more I realize that righteousness is the foundation to every teaching that we do in the Bible. Do you see that if we get the righteousness wrong in Christ Jesus, our righteousness that we have in Christ, all our other teachings will go be in error. It's the foundation that we build every teaching on. It's the foundation that we build our salvation and our walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all on His righteousness. And it's a free gift. It costs you absolutely nothing. You just simply believe in Jesus and in His Word and you receive righteousness as a free gift. There's a free gift for you tonight and it is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it's, I've quoted it a few times, but man, it's, 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 it's an amazing scripture. I'm just going to really go slow and write. I just want to really, really, I want us to get a revelation of righteousness because I'm telling you here now, all the other teachings that you get, if you don't get the righteousness right, you're not going to get the rest. The reason why we become religious is because we don't have the righteousness right. The reason why we become legalistic is because we don't have the teaching of righteousness right. We don't know who we are in Christ. We don't know our position in Christ. We don't know the righteousness that we have in Christ. We don't know the relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, all the other teachings comes out of error, out of wrong understanding of righteousness. But if we can get this foundation of righteousness signed, sealed, and delivered, and solid, then everything else can just, we can build on it from that. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, righteousness has become like an old, an old you know, for the young people like myself. <laughs> righteousness has become a word that's a bit old. You know, I'm sure some of the young people can testify when you go to a young person and say, you know, uh, you know, you are the righteousness of God. And they say to you, what's righteousness? What is righteousness? You know, so probably in today's lingo, you know, we are right with God through Jesus Christ. We have a right relationship, a right standing through Jesus Christ. Do you know it's amazing that I, 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 t- I typed in righteousness into a dictionary on the internet and it came up. And do you know where righteousness comes? It's absolutely amazing. Well, we know what right, right is an English word. We can't, you know what right means. But the word eos, E-O-U-S, comes from a Latin word. And eos in Latin means to be compounded in... How long did I get it right? <laughs> Where are we? It means composed of resembling and having the same nature. Eos in Latin means to be, to have the same nature. Isn't that amazing? I couldn't believe it when I seen it. So righteousness means having the right nature of Christ. So not only when we say we're righteous, when we say we're righteous, yes, we're in right relationship, we're in right standing, we're right with the Almighty, Holy God, but not only that, but we have a same nature. That's what it means to be righteous. That whenever we receive Jesus Christ, not only did He make us in right standing, not only did He make us right with God, but He gave us His very nature. That's what righteousness means. And it's a free gift. And it's 100% all the time. It doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. You either have the full nature of Christ or you don't. You're either fully right with God or you're not. You're either right or you're wrong. You're either saved or you're not saved. You're either in right relationship or you're not. You're either in sin or you're not. There's no in-between. It's a bit like marriage. You know, either me and Leslie are married or we're not. 
You know, I can't be married today and not married tomorrow. I'm married for life, whether I like it or not. <laughs> or whether she likes it or not. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and you know, we're, 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 we're bound together in a covenant for life. Just like me and Christ is in covenant for eternity, sealed by the blood of His, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we, are, we and Jesus are in a covenant. Me and Leslie are in a covenant. We can't get out of it, and we're together for the rest of our lives. And we're not. We can't say we're married today and not married tomorrow. We are married, just like we are righteous. We're righteous today, we're righteous tomorrow, we're righteous next week, and we're righteous for eternity. We have the nature of Christ today, tomorrow, next week, for eternity. We have the nature of Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. If you turn it out in your Bibles, please. You know, you and I have a, we have undeserved favor and access to a holy God. You and I have an undeserved access to this holy God. We have an access to this holy God that nobody had in the Old Testament. We have an access through the grace of God. You see, the law of God stopped man from accessing to this holy God. The law of God kept them away. But the law of God can no longer keep you and I away from God as long as we're in Christ. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 17 says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. The law of God has been fulfilled. Say the law of God has been fulfilled. And when I am in Christ, I have fulfilled it. For the rest of my life, the, 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 the law has been fulfilled. It can't be fulfilled anymore. It's filled, you know, it's like that cup. It's full. If, if you fill that up with water, it comes to the top and it starts running over. You can't fill it anymore. It's full. The law has been filled. Fulfilled. Hallelujah. Look at it, it says in Colossians chapter 2.14. You know, righteousness, knowing who you are in the righteousness of God, it's like so many things. It's like healing. Somebody could preach to you about healing and you can believe it and then somewhere down the line begin to doubt and lose your healing. I can teach you tonight about righteousness. You can walk out here knowing 100% that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that you cannot get any more righteous and then somewhere down the line unbelief and doubt comes in creeps in and then all of a sudden today you're righteous tomorrow you're unrighteous today you're in the law tomorrow you're out of the law today you're in the love of God tomorrow you're in your condemnation but you need to take this word and take it deep into your heart and know no no 100% sure that you cannot get any more right with God you can't get any more righter with God doesn't matter what you do you can't get any more right with God 
There's nobody in here today can say they're more righter with God than I am. And vice versa. I said last week that with holiness and righteousness, we're all exactly the same when it comes to righteousness. We're all equal in righteousness, but we're not all equal in holiness. But our righteousness is exactly the same because our righteousness is not from ourselves. Our righteousness is from Christ. It's what He did, not what we do. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So the handwriting of requirements, every requirement of the law that was against you and me, past, present, and future, he took it out and he nailed it to the cross once and for all. That's what he said, it is finished. When he said it was finished, it was done, what he was saying was, I have fulfilled the law. The law is complete, fulfilled, done deal. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24. You see, the, the law isn't, the, the law is still, you know, Jesus did, said, I did not come to destroy the law. He says, I've come to fulfill it. So the law is still there. Hallelujah. The law is still there. The law is holy. But it doesn't, it does, should never affect your, your, our lives anymore in Christ. Galatians 3, 24. It says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. You see? So there's a big signpost saying, that the law was a big signpost pointing you to Christ. Once you came to Christ, then you're saved and justified by faith, not by the law. So the law screaming, hello, hello, hello. The law saying, hello, you're a sinner. You need to be saved. You need Jesus Christ into your life. You need to repent of your sins. Then you come to Jesus. You put the law behind you and you repent of your sins. And by faith, you're justified. By faith, you're saved. And by faith, you're kept by God. And by faith, you remain in God. And by faith, you go to heaven. By faith, you serve God. By faith, you get up in the morning. By faith, you're in right standing with God. By faith, you're healed by God. By faith, you go to church. By faith, you live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by their faith. Hallelujah. So the law is behind you. Jesus is in front of you. Don't look back. Look forward. Look to the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus. Keep looking to the righteousness. The more you see of the righteousness and the more the righteousness of God is revealed to you, the more free you become, the more powerful you become, the more blessed you'll become because you can see the righteous. That's why we, we fix our eyes looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We're looking at the righteousness we have in Christ Jesus. We're looking at Jesus and what he did on the cross. We're not looking back to the law. The devil wants us to look back. Once you look back, you feel judged. Once you look back, you feel condemned. Once you look back, you feel down. Once you look back, you feel discouraged. But if you look forward and look to Jesus and his righteousness, you feel encouraged, you feel empowered, you feel free and liberated because of his righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. So this law, precious, 
holy law is not for the righteous, it's for the unrighteous. We have a righteousness in Christ that perfectly satisfies the law of God. The law of God has been perfectly satisfied in Christ. And all we've got to do is put faith into that. And we have perfectly satisfied the law of Christ, or the law of God. Hallelujah. You see, the lack of understanding and clarity of our righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus brings a lot of, is the reason why we have so much judgment and condemnation in the body of Christ. There's, there's so much of judging one another, condemning one another, and the reason being is because there's lack of understanding of the righteousness that we have. You see, once you know how the righteous that you are in Christ Jesus, you'll not judge, you'll not condemn, because you'll know that it's only by the grace of God go I. You see, the less understanding and knowledge and revelation that you have of righteousness, then what happens is you feel you self-judge yourself. You self-condemn yourself. And because you self-judge and self-condemn, you begin to judge and condemn other people. Because you think, you know, this law and grace, man, you, you know, oh, you, you have to have a balance. Hey? You, have to have, you have to balance the law. No, you don't balance the law of the grace. You're either grace or you're in the law. Remember, you're either married or you're not married. Are you in grace or are you in the law? You can't balance the two. It's all or it's nothing. You're either saved by grace or saved by the law. You can't have one foot in the law and one foot in grace. And you see, people who say, well, you know, you need to get a balance between the law and the grace and you need, you need to be careful. No, it's people who are self-judging and self-condemning themselves because it's too e they think it's too easy. Oh, it's too easy. This is too easy. You know, people sometimes have got to make it hard for themselves because when you make it hard for yourself, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you've done something. Once, when you think you've got, when you start making it hard for yourself and you start thinking that you've done something, that makes you feel good. But you know, you're actually going back to the law because it's not about what we do, it's about what Jesus did. It's got nothing to do with what Brian does. Doesn't matter how hard or how tough you make it. And because you make it tough for yourself, you try to make it tough for everybody else. So you can, you can tell the level of how much somebody knows who they are in Christ by how they deal and how they, how they handle and judge and condemn other people around them. You know where they're at in their hearts. If you hear somebody judging another brother, you know that they're self-judging themselves. If you hear somebody condemning another brother, you know that they're condemning themselves. If you hear somebody being hard on another brother or sister or hard on even on another preacher, you know that they're being hard on themselves. But someone who knows the righteousness that they have in Christ Jesus is someone who, who has so much love and understanding for other brothers and sisters. Because they know. You see, the more, the more revelation you get of righteousness, the more you go, wow. The more you go, my goodness, the more blessed you feel. The more you're blown away by the grace of God, the more you're going, my goodness, God, this is just amazing. And you become so free 
and people around you feel so free. You see, if you hang about with people who, who are so judging and condemning, you feel all tied up. You feel tight and you feel like you can't move. And you can't put your finger on it, but you just can sense. You're like, all oh, you're real tight. You know, you, you get your religious head on you. Whereas if you start hanging around with people who, are, who know who they are in Christ, people who know the righteousness of God, man, you loosen up. You feel free. You feel liberated. You feel like you can express yourself. You feel that you can feel free. Hallelujah. That's how important it is. This righteousness, we need to know the righteousness of God because the righteousness of God will liberate the body of Christ. The righteousness of God will liberate the church. The righteousness of God will liberate the kingdom of God. And people will experience true freedom and liberty because the devil doesn't want you to know how righteous you are in Christ Jesus. The devil wants you bound. The devil wants a chain around your neck. The devil wants you to make you feel like you've got to do something to be righteous. I said it last week that you spend your whole life wasting energy on trying to be righteous when you're already righteous. What's the point in me, you, me giving you a gift and then you trying to win me over to get the same gift again? You can only have the gift once. Once you get the gift, move on and get another gift off somebody else. <laughs> you. You've got a gift. You're righteous. Know it, believe it, you can't get it again. It's yours, done deal, and it's yours forever. And nobody can steal it off you. The devil wants you to, to waste your time, your energy, your prayers, your worship, your reading, everything. He wants you to waste it on trying to be right with God. And there's other people, hey, other people have already dealt with all that. You see, there's some people have already dealt with it. I'm righteous and they're moving on with God and they're growing and they're maturing and they're getting stronger and they're becoming more and more holy every day. And there's other people who are stuck back here still trying to be right with God. After 10 years, they're still trying to be right. After 20 years, they're still trying to be right. After 30 years, they're still trying to be right. Stop trying to be right with God. Just grow and mature in holiness. Amen. It's amazing, you know, when you hear people judging other Christians. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says that we have all fallen, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know if I judge you, what I'm saying is I'm perfect? Isn't it amazing that, that how quickly we can forget that the Bible says that we've all fallen short? That if I judge you, oh, so Brian's judging you, so Brian's above the law, you know, Brian thinks he's perfect. You know, unless you're perfect without Christ, you don't have a right to judge anybody. You have no right, and I have no right to judge not even one person because I've fallen short. You've fallen short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? The perfection of God. Unless you're perfect without Christ, you cannot judge anybody. But hey, in Christ, you're perfect. In Christ, you've, you've, you've hit the mark. In Christ, you've reached the glory of God. In Christ, you are perfected. But you still don't have a right to judge. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews, if you turn to Hebrews 
chapter 8. I'm going to preach a short message tonight and then we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the righteousness of God tonight. We're going to celebrate who we are in Christ. We're going to celebrate and thank Jesus for what he did for us. We're going to celebrate and close your eyes and, and say, wow, what a mighty God. I am right with God. I have the nature of God. I, 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 I can stand toe to toe, eye to eye with a holy God. I have access before an almighty God. I can come boldly before his throne of grace anytime, any place, anywhere. Why? Because Jesus Christ is my righteousness. I have clothed myself with Christ's righteousness. Amen. You see, under the law of God, God demands righteousness from us under the law. And what that means is God demands you and I to obey his law completely. But you see, when we become under grace, there's no longer a demand on us. We make a demand on the grace. The grace of God has already fulfilled every requirement. The grace of God gives us the power and the strength and the grace of God does it all for us. There's no longer a demand on us. There's no longer a demand on our obedience for the law. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants us to obey. I don't want us to have a... <laughs> we still, there still has to be obedience. Amen? But that's different to our righteousness. We'll move on to that next week. But to be, I'm talking about, guys, I'm talking about righteous here. I'm talking about relationship, right standing with God. It's not our obedience. It's our faith, believing in the word, believing in what Christ did for us. It's, it's his obedience and it's what he has done for us. That you have got confidence and boldness in God. Amen? Amen. Look at what it says in, in Hebrews Chapter 8 and verse 6, it says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. I'm with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hallelujah. God says that he will be merciful to our unrighteousness, and he will remember our sins no more. Who, who, who's doing all the work here? Who's doing, do you, do, when you're reading that, did it say you or did it say I? When God was saying, I will make a new covenant, 
He says, I will be their people. He says, I will write my law in their hearts. He says, I will make a new covenant. I, 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 Jesus, the word, I. He says, I will do it all. He says, I will dwell among them. I will be their people. Hallelujah. He says, I will no longer remember their sins. I will be merciful to their own righteousness. God is doing it all here. There's no, he did, there's no, did it say anywhere here that we had to do anything? There's nowhere here where it says Bran or me or you. It's all God says I. Even the covenant. You know, God made the covenant. It was God and Jesus who made the covenant, not us. God made us covenant through his son, Jesus Christ, for, in our behalf. He did it. Every, he done everything. There's nothing we have to do, only enjoy. Just enjoy it. Hallelujah. Does it mean you go out and sin all left, right, and center? No. But you see, the more you know how righteous you are, the more you'll not, the more you'll not want to sin. Knowing how righteous you are will give you the power and the strength to overcome any sin. But if you use the law against people, if I use the law against you to not sin, you'll go and sin even more. Have a look at Second Corinthians. Sorry, First Corinthians 15. We're almost finished. First Corinthians 15:56. 15, The biggest mistake we do is we use the law to try and get something to try and get somebody to stop sinning. The worst thing we can do. You need to tell someone how righteous they are in Christ. You need to tell them how they're free. You need to tell them who they are. You need to tell them about the grace and about the love of God. And that will give them the strength and the power to overcome any sin. I was saying last week about holiness. We're not going to get into this week. You know, holy living, when we spend time with God and in his presence. Sin will just disintegrate and disappear without any effort. But we cannot become holy until we're righteous. That's why we need to know who we are first. God has made things so easy for us. It says, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. The New Living Translation says that the law gives strength to sin. So if we use the law, the Bible clearly tells us that the law gives strength to sin. So if I come to you with the law, if you have sinned, and I come and hammer you with the law, you know what? That just strengthens that sin even more. That'll cause you to rebel. That'll cause you to go against the law of God even more. But if I come and say to you, you know what? Yes, you've sinned. Yes, you've made a mistake. But you know what? God loves you so much. Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Do you know that you have a right relationship with God and that you don't need to do that sin anymore? That, you know, the, the grace of God that's inside you will give you the power to overcome that sin easily? Conquer it any time. Hallelujah. You see, God wants every one of us to be transformed and he wants every one of us to be changed. Sin just doesn't disappear overnight. 
Our lives just don't be transformed overnight. The problem is that when somebody gets saved, we look at them, we think, well, how come there's no change? The change happens gradually. Instead of going to that person, they just give their lives to Jesus and they start bombarding them with the law and saying, you need to stop this, you need to stop this, you need to stop that, you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that. And they go, my goodness, tell you what, I'm going to do that even more. <laughs> no, you get them saved and you say, do you know who you are? Do you know what Christ has done for you? Do you know that you are the righteousness of God? Do you know that God loves you and that God has put his power in you and his grace upon your life and that all these things, don't you worry about them. You just keep your eyes on Jesus. You just spend time with the Lord and you'll find within days and weeks that you'll start seeing that person changing. They'll change naturally. You'll start, that person will begin to stop doing things. That person will know not to go there. That person will know not to, not to do it. What did God say? He says, I will write my law in their hearts and in their minds. I don't need somebody to tell me what's right and wrong. I know what's right and wrong. You know what's right and wrong. You don't need anybody to tell you what's right and wrong. The Holy Spirit will convict you and tell you what's right and wrong. You need somebody to tell you that God loves you no matter what and that you are righteous no matter what. It's the love of God that brings all men onto repentance. It's the goodness of God that brings all men onto repentance. Not the law. I'm going to finish. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, But without faith it's impossible to please God. Think of that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, but yet we spend our whole life trying to please God. We spend our whole life, we spend our days, we spend time trying to please God in every other way other than having faith. Having faith and believing in God. Now, just believing that God, you know, you get people say, well, I believe there's a God or I believe in God. That's not enough. It's not just enough just to believe. When it, faith here is talking about it's impossible, that, that without faith it's impossible. It means putting into action the Word of God. It means believing the Word and doing what the Word says. It's only in doing the Word. So if you believe you're righteous, then your behavior then begins to act out of righteousness that you have, the faith that you have in what God done for you. Amen? What did, what did it say about Abraham in, in, in Romans? In Romans chapter... 4 and verse 3, it says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What did Abraham do? Believed. He just obeyed the word. He believed in the word and he obeyed the word and it was accounted to him for righteousness. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it will be accounted to you as righteousness. Simply, faith believing in God. Hallelujah. That's not complicated. That's not try and please God in any way. He's already pleased. He can't be pleased anymore. He's satisfied. He's pleased. He's happy with you as long as you're in Christ. He's smiling from ear to ear. God is smiling from ear to ear right now because you're in Jesus. He can't smile anymore. He's hit, his, he's hit, he's hit each ear. <laughs> So I'm going to finish with 1 Peter 1.16 and then we can continue on from that next week now that we have that. 
I mean, obviously, I can't, I, I can't teach everything about right. I don't, know, I don't know everything about righteousness because it's a journey, and I can't teach everything about righteousness in one or two nights. But hey, if I can give as much as I can give you over one or two nights, at least it's something that you can take, and it's your foundation. It's what you believe in. There's so much more about righteousness. You can go into it for week after week after week. But hey, you can do that yourself. Hallelujah. But know that you're right. Have it settled once and for all that today you are right. Have it done. It's a done, settled deal in your heart. Not your foundation. Now, you're not trying to please God anymore. You're not trying to make yourself right with God anymore. You're on Christ. You are righteous. And now you can take off and grow and mature in the things of God. You can begin to serve God. You know, there's so many people not serving God because they think they're not right. I even got it myself when I, you know, at the start when I first got saved and I started doing little things for the Lord and people were going, Brian, but, you know, are you, should you be doing that? Are you, are, you, are you qualified to do that? Are you right to do that? Of course I'm right. Christ qualified me to do anything I want in his word. Christ has qualified you to do whatever you want as long as it's for God. You don't need anybody, anything, or any, any, anybody else to qualify you. Jesus Christ qualifies you and makes you right. You can serve God today and nobody can stop you. Amen. Nobody. You're right. Don't let anybody ever come and say you're not right to serve God. You're not saved long enough. You haven't got disqualified. You're right. 1 Peter 1.16 says, be holy for I am holy. In fact, I read from 13, it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So God through his word, has commanded you and I to be holy. We're righteous. He says, let's not be disobedient children going back to old lusts of the flesh. We don't need to go back to those things. We've been delivered. We've been set free. But you see, our obedience and our behavior does not, and our holiness is not to make us right from God, with God. Our obedience, our holiness, and our behavior is for you and I to grow and mature in God. That's the difference. You see, holiness, has, as I said at the start, has been abused, has been used to control people, to manipulate people, has been used to put people down, has been used as a legalistic tool and a religious tool to hold people back, to make people feel judged and condemned. Holiness is not to make you feel judged in any way. Holiness is not to make you feel condemned. You cannot be condemned. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So holiness will not condemn you. Holiness will not judge you. Holiness will cause you to grow, will cause you to mature, bring you closer to Jesus. Holiness will make you become more and more like Jesus every day. Holiness is Christ-likeness. Holiness is transformation. Holiness is change being changed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. So stop. I'm, I'm going to finish Daphne with this. 
because I really wanted this. I really, please get this, because you can't move on to holiness unless you know it. Stop trying to be right with God. Say, I'm never ever going to try and be right with God again. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to grow. Because Jesus Christ has made me right for eternity. It's settled once and for all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, God, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to celebrate. We're going to give God thanks. We're going to dance. We're going to Yahoo. We're going to sing. We're going to praise. We're going to just give God glory about our righteousness tonight, what we have in Christ Jesus. You know, when you get a revelation of the Word of God, it really builds you and really strengthens you and really excites you when you get a revelation. I pray that God has given you some sort of revelation tonight of the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus. So let's rise up and stand. Father, we just thank you tonight. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Spirit that's upon our lives, Lord. We thank you. We praise you, God. We thank you that we are in right standing, right relationship, and that we have your nature in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you that it has been sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah.